This program is brought to you by the University of Southern Queensland. Hello, and welcome to Screen Sound with Ryan Parker, that is myself, and the amazing Duncan Towner. Hello. How are you doing today, Duncan? I'm at home. Yep, and as am I. Uh, as you know, I, uh, I have the spicy cough, Duncan. Oh, damn. Yeah. A bit of COVID, and uh, what is the reason you're staying home today? My dad has COVID. Yep. And I'm and... a good old close contact. Oh, beautiful. It's very beautiful. Yeah, like, yeah. I don't have to stay home, but I, I choose to just because I want to keep the community safe. That's that's good. It's good you're looking out for everyone else, uh, and I'm sure you're doing regular testing as well Yeah. while you're at it. Now, uh, as you know, I got this from going down to a little, a little small, very, very unimportant festival known as Splendor in the Grass, or uh, as we like to call it now, because of what we experienced, Splendor in the Mud. Isn't that right? We should also call it COVID in the Mud. Mm-hmm. That's exactly right. Now, yep. uh... How, like, how did it all go down, like, from, like, Thursday to Sunday, Monday? So, I got down there Thursday night. I didn't go into Splendor Thursday night, even though it was open. Uh, I know they had, like, pre-shows, and they had, like, all of the bars and stuff open there. But I didn't actually go down Thursday night. Although, driving down, I could see the lines of the people from the motorway just trying to get in to get a camping site. Now, it's the most rain Byron had seen until, uh, well, I think in the last 50 years, I'd heard. Uh, So, because of all of the rain, there wasn't enough camping spots that weren't flooded. So, they had to end up moving people around and taking people other places. So, that was pretty unfortunate for them. But the line was going all the way to the motorway, which would... People were, like, waiting in line for about... Sometimes up to 12 hours just to get a spot to stay. Yeah, like half a full day just so they can see, get a camp and go see gorillas. Yeah, which didn't end up happening. Yeah. Yeah, it was like that rained out from what I've heard. Well, one of my friends was supposed to be filming for the 1300, uh, the rap group, and they were the first people on on Friday. And we went there to go see him and that group. And then my friend had just told us that they didn't even get to go up on stage. They just said it's not happening anymore. And then I actually got to speak to one of the guys from the crew, that rap group, the 1300. And he said, yeah, I'm pretty sure they're just going to cancel it for the day. We were about to go on stage and then they just said it wasn't happening anymore. So we pretty much knew that it wasn't happening hours before they officially cancelled everything. Damn. So that was pretty lucky for me because yeah. we just got to go home early and then we saw the like uh, the post online saying, oh, it's not happening anymore. So, yeah, mm. it was pretty hectic. Were you camping or were you staying somewhere else? Uh, we stayed at accommodation. Uh, we stayed with a mutual friend. And their parents, so that was pretty lucky of us. Yeah. We just caught a bus in every day. But, uh, yeah, I mean, even through getting COVID, I'd say it was still very worth it, very much so worth it. 
how day two go? Because that was the first proper open day. And... Day two, we decided to not go in straight away. So I'll, I'll how how about we get into the discussion of Splendor in the Mud first up? We'll do that, and then we'll go into our other segments. Uh, yeah. But Splendor in the Mud started for us on day two. And when I went in there, it was ext- way worse than the first day. So pretty much getting off the bus, uh, you show them your bus ticket, they let you off because they're like making sure that you actually paid for a bus ticket, etc. And when you walk in, there's just a line of essentially portaloos and uh, water tower so you can fill up water, which I don't really understand because they don't let you bring in bottles. Uh unsealed bottles at all uh because what? you could be putting alcohol in it stuff like that so they don't let you take a water bottle Ugh. in there Knox. yeah exactly so you walk in and then you walk around and then as soon as you're about to go in to where they give you your wristbands and stuff there's like four drug dogs and they just you know swarm around you as all the people walk through and we see them run up to people just in case and stuff like that. It's really scary. And then you go in and it's just mud. It was, it was very much so just mud. You'd walk and you'd hear the squelch of the mud and it was coming up to your ankles or even higher in the last couple days. But then as soon as you get out, you see the merch tent and then just hundreds and thousands of people just struggling through the mud. I saw people drop expensive purses in the mud, vapes, phones, all that sort of thing. Yeah, because Splendor, you know, it's a quote-unquote hippie festival, so a lot of rich people are there. Yeah, yeah, very much so. Yes, pretty much. I actually had a friend that went to Coachella this year, but they didn't go on weekend one, which is usually when all the influences of rich people are there. Yeah, I mean, Coachella looks really cool and fun. But uh, that weekend so did one, the, I, I have one, no idea who was on. From what I've heard, weekend one usually has the worst crowd. Really? Is that because it's all yeah influences? Yeah, I guess they're more there for the photo op than you know jamming it out to the weekend in Swedish House Mafia. Yeah, that's fair enough. Honestly, uh, I feel like it, you just got to be there to enjoy the music. But personally, from what I experienced, everyone at Splendor was really nice. Like, oh yeah, you'd walk past someone and you'd say sorry, and they'd say, "Oh no, it's all cool, man." But you know, when you go out clubbing or drinking, usually you wouldn't even get that response. So it was good to have that a good crowd true. there. But yeah. everyone was very high spirited, regardless of the mud, which I guess made it very much so more tolerable, in my opinion. I guess it's because it's been so long since the last Splendor 2019. Yeah, so I, I mean, it's just, been pushed back uh, so much. I don't care at the mud. I don't care about not seeing gorillas. I'm just happy to be here. Exactly. So, right after walking through, passing the merch tent, and going towards the ginormous amphitheater, the first person or group that we saw was the Jungle Giants, which was absolutely amazing. They were a great kickstart to it for me. Because I was really wanted to see the Jungle Giants, so that was really good. And you know what? I <laughs> I was talking with my friends that I saw it with. I didn't actually expect the main singer of the Jungle Giants to be bald. It was very interesting. <laughs> because of the voice that you hear, 
compared to what they actually look like. It's kind of like when you're listening to someone on the radio and you see what they look like. It's never yeah. what you expect. Yeah. Yeah. I have seen pictures of them and during the listen out lineup announcement. Yeah. Lead singer is bald. Very bald. Yes. Very much so. And I was saying to some friends and we were discussing it. It looks like glass animals. Looks like how the jungle giants sounds. And they look like they should be swapped because we saw glass <laughs> animals as well uh, before the strokes on the last night, uh, on the f- first night, sorry, of actual music yeah, being performed. Yeah, technically it was day one. Yeah, technically it was day one, but they're giving out refunds for the first day, so that should be good. Yeah, yeah. But uh, we saw the glass animals and Violent Soho played as well. Uh, but I saw a bit of JPEG Mafia. That was pretty good. Mm. Uh, those sage energies are so insane yes it was really entertaining from what i saw it was very packed in there so i wasn't very much so up the front like i was with other performers i wanted to see but we saw glass animals after jpeg mafia and then the strokes came on and by the end of the night we were getting stuck in the mud to the point where people would be walking and it was just sticky mud it wasn't like wet mud Ooh. So it was sticky to the point where people, people would get stuck. Bogged. Yes, and people were slipping out of their gumboots, and then they'd just step and put their sock into the mud. And I just said, uh. I'm not staying for the strokes. Like, I like the strokes, but not that much. Not to the point where I'm going to end up being muddy and head over heels. So we left, and then... Day three was probably the day I was most excited for, to see Genesis Owusu. I'm sure you've heard of him. Yep. Yep. And Tyler, the creator. I know you're a big fan of Tyler as yeah, well. Yeah, huge fan. I'm so jealous that you got to see him. Yeah. It was an absolutely amazing experience. It made up for the whole mud and the, like, people start getting sick it honestly mm. made up for everything. I'd say I wouldn't just trade it for the world, honestly. Yeah. I saw a couple of videos on, like, TikTok and and just on, on YouTube. It looked really good. I, I would definitely, like, catch, like, a few other acts above there, like, the chats, Duke Dumont. <laughs> looked really oh, insane. I missed the chats, but I was really excited. Now, I actually have a story about Duke Dumont, because my friends were seeing Tierra Whack, and I wanted to go to the amphitheater to be there early to get a good spot for Tyler. And we went there for Duke Dumont and he started performing and we were pretty close to the front. And I actually forgot who Duke Dumont was. And then he started playing his set and it was red light, green light. And honestly, Duke Dumont was one of my favorite performances of that whole of Splendor. There was lasers and lights, and it was awesome. Really experimental imagery going up on the screen. Just an awesome experience. That was one of my favorites, for sure. It looked insane. Like, I've seen videos of him playing Red Light, Green Light online. My god. Especially when that strobe bit's being done on screen as well. Yeah, it was awesome. Awesome. That was easily one of my favorites. And how was Tyler, by the way? Now, Tyler was easily my highlight of the experience the very last performance of splendor uh by this time they'd actually changed the sign on the amphitheater from splendor in the grass to splendor in the mud so everyone was kind of getting behind the joke 
and Tyler, we we saw Liam Gallagher right before, and say what you will about Liam Gallagher, uh, we all know he's got a reputation for being a little arrogant, which did show off on stage. But I'm not surprised. Wonderwall was the best performance, of course. He did play Oasis songs, which I was surprised yeah, by. Yeah, I'd be shocked if he didn't. Yeah. Fun fact, uh, my dad seen Noel Gallagher at U2. Really? That's awesome. Yeah, That's so, so cool. I know two people who've seen the Gallaghers. That's awesome. Uh, you, you've nearly got a full Gallagher set. Yeah, now nearly. I just got to see the Gallaghers. Exactly. Complete the cycle. Exactly. Uh, but after Noel Gallagher was on, they started st- uh, setting up the stage for Tyler. And that was a 45-minute break in between, so they set up the giant grass hill that he has and all of the background peripherals, and then he started coming out, and it was pitch black, and then the lights came up, and they started playing some songs from Call Me If You Get Lost, and he's walking up on stage with a backpack and uh, a staff, and he just, as soon as he started kicking off, the energy was there, he was talking to the crowd, getting that crowd involvement, cracking jokes, just everything that you expected from a Tyler set. Yeah. yeah. Uh, did he have Jasper with him? I don't think he did this time. There was some Jasper ad-libs like he does have on s- stage usually, but Jasper yeah. wasn't on stage. Yeah, so I, I think, think Jasper now is usually off stage. Yeah, I-, I feel like they were pre-recorded though uh, this time. Uh, That's sad. It didn't really sound like he was there. Yeah, because I know he's in Australia right now. He, I follow him on Insta, and oh, okay. he posted a story of him in Perth. So maybe he was after all, because I know they were performing in Perth the other night. Yeah, yeah. And also, saw on TikTok he mentioned Gold Coast and Brisbane. He did. So after he'd performed his first two songs from "Call Me If You Get Lost," he uh, had a break and he spoke to us, and he. <laughs> He revealed, uh, embarrassingly, that he didn't actually know where he was. So he knew that he flew into the Gold Coast and he, that he was at Splendor. But uh, he wasn't sure if he was in Brisbane or the Gold, uh, Gold Coast still because he said he drove about an hour and a half down to Splendor. But one of my other friends actually saw Tyler at Pacific Fair on the Gold Coast during the day after oh, he flew damn. in. Yeah, very exciting. But uh, he continued his set, and one of the most shocking surprises to me is that he actually played some old music, and he played She, uh, that also had Frank Ocean in it. So that was I think really he always cool. does have his play a lot of his old stuff, but I think it's usually like some stuff like Tamale or Yonkers. Yeah, he did also perform them, but it was a big shock to me that he went back and uh, pulled out She from the old books. So that was really awesome. Yeah. But the so, energy, it was it was easily the mm, best concert I've ever been to. I honestly say, a, a concert with good energy is, like, the best. Like, I've seen three in my life. Yep. Foo Fighters, 21 Pilots, and Sunny Boys, which was yep. some old band I went to with my dad. Yep. Foo Fighters, they have great chemistry and, and that's how they do their energy. Yep. And 21 Pilots energy is more like visual effects and the lead singer Tyler, funny enough, just yep. running around the stage in the arena. Yeah. No, I, th- those would be good, good, very good concerts to see, I'm yeah. sure. 
very different too. And funny enough, in one of the intros for Twenty One Pilots during a recent festival performance, they combined their song "Heathens" with the Stranger Things theme. It's really good. That's really cool. I did not know that. I'm gonna have to look that up during this. Yeah. Right. But speaking of music, I've been going through my own musical journey over the fateful Splendor in the Mud weekend, but I didn't go to any concerts. No. No, this is true. I. So, just recently, I got myself a new phone, an iPhone 13 Pro Max. Yep. (laughs) Not to flex. No, not flexing on me at all. (laughs) (laughs) Guru. And I also got a pair of AirPods Pro, good old tax return money, and... It came with like three, six months of Apple Music, which I thought, hey, why not? And I, because I heard about the fact that they use spatial audio. So basically, think of it like you can hear the audio all around you, like speakers all around you. So like, Dolby like you're Atmos. in the studio. Yeah. So that's basically it. And I listened to just like the, not sort of like the made for Dolby Atmos spatial thing playlists on apple music and i had some pretty good highlights from it so the first one would probably be i got a few albums and a few songs palaces by yep. flume that was really good that would be good yeah it felt very ethereal especially the song sirens with caroline polachek yep and this was just came over from the weekend flower boy by tyler the creator got Mixed in Dolby. And that was actually oh, a really good mix. Awesome. Yeah, well, it just turned five years old recently as well. Mm. And think in another two years, we'll be able to hear uh, Igor and Dolby. That'll be oh, fun. I cannot wait. What I'd else the, were you listening to? First, I'd say the highlight from Flowerboy would be See You Again with Kali Uchis. Yep. Yep. That was yep. definitely my favorite of the album. Yeah, that was, to me, it was the best mix song in Atmos. The other album I thought was really good was Dawn FM by The Weeknd. That seemed yep. made for it. Like, I didn't think the After Hours Dolby mix wasn't too bad, but sometimes even Blinding Lights felt a bit eh. Yeah. But Dawn, Dawn FM F- has a lot going on sonically, yeah. though. Yeah, breathes way more into the 80s sound, which I think really suits Atmos a bit well like i feel like like i'm way more in like a nightclub than yep. listening to it in stereo yes it does sound very clean but mm. a little bit grimy at the same time that's just the weekend's old discography that is very much true yeah but i'd say the highlight from dawn fm was gasoline and that's a good one i highly recommend it in atmos going on to just like pure singles now as it was by harry styles Yep, that's a good song. That is very much so one of the highlights of his discography, for yeah. sure. Would you say you're a Harry Styles man as a recent? I, I would, I would. I've been a fan of him since his days at One Direction. Uh, <laughs> One Direction just wasn't for me when I was younger, or it wasn't really my taste, but I find that he's really come into his own since... Uh, breaking up from that band. I think he's really got an awesome stage presence even. 
uh, in his concerts from the videos I've seen. But yeah, very much so. Since Sign of the Times and all of those songs, I think he's really, really coming to his own. Yeah, I definitely do agree. Now for a bit of a local Brisbane taste, My Happiness by Powderfinger. Oh, very interesting. It was good to hear that again. I'm not a big Powderfinger fan, but because I really, really like My Happiness, but I thought it was a good mix. Yeah, I mean, if the mix is good enough, it can really enhance the song, wouldn't you yeah. say? Yeah. Then he's going to judge me for this because he hates Lady Gaga, paparazzi. Yep. yep. Judged. You're being judged. I'm getting my shame bell and I'm going to walk you down the streets. <laughs> I'm just going to say shame. Shame. Shame on you. Bad music listener. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I, I would say Lady Gaga for me is a bit more of a guilty pleasure, but I do think she's enough. a very impressive performer because I saw I, a video of her opening up for an opener for a new concert and my God, that looked amazing. It was like a I'm, metal version of Bad Romance. That's pretty cool. I must say she is an extremely talented human. I just have a personal gripe with uh, Lady Gaga due to my uh, connections with said artist, uh, because my, my own father has known that I'm not a giant fan of her music. So he would torture me in the car, uh, to school every day, blasting that as loud as he can and singing and belting that song out. So, uh, I've just got a personal gripe, but that doesn't mean that anyone else cannot enjoy her discography. You sound like a same music fan, I'd say. You are not a stan. Uh, <laughs> I'm not a stan. Not a stan. And for some oldies, Tom Sawyer by Rush was a good mix, as well as Bohemian Rhapsody. That I would like to hear Bohemian Rhapsody in Dolby Atmos, I'd say. Just due to the 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 bouncing of left to right in yeah. certain elements, I'd love to hear that with the spatial audio was very well done mm. but i'm gonna quickly switch over to a little bit of film i'm gonna do a bit of a quick review of thor love and thunder i saw that last tuesday um what what was your first thoughts what do you think happened in that film i my my thoughts about it it's good nothing too spectacular yep. i'd say yep it, and if i were to ask you a rundown for the plot of the film what what would you give as a quick little rundown for the So audience? basically, Thor is just still trying to find himself after Endgame, and through a mixture of events, he finds himself running back into his ex-girlfriend, Jane Foster, played by Natalie Portman. Yep. And, who turns out she's managed to, some, to be worthy for Mjolnir, so she's now the mighty Thor. Yep, that's a very, very good ensue. rundown. Yep. With Korg and Valkyrie along the way. And a new villain played by Christian Bale. I thought was, the God Butcher. I thought he was good. Not the, He's definitely probably like in that higher mid-tier of Marvel villains. Really? Good, but not great. Like I'd say Hela was the better villain. Personally, I found him way more threatening than Hela or many Marvel villains. I just feel like he didn't have enough screen time to really I think that was it, show him off. Hella had a bit of screen time, and I think she really suited the tone of Ragnarok very well. Very I silly. I would say so. I funny. feel like Gore had 
all of the motivation to be a great character, the uh, payoff at the end just didn't seem worth it. Yeah. For what happened. But uh, it was but still kind of nice, I guess. Christian Bale, I personally feel like, ate that character up yeah. and just just did all of his best oh, yeah. that he could with that script. I love it when Christian Bale just eats up a role, like American Psycho in Batman. Yep. He sort yep. of did a bit of eating up the scenery, yeah. which is good. Well, if you think about it, there's, without getting into too much spoilers, there's that black and white scene on that, that was, planet. That was pretty good. And he was extremely threatening to me. Oh, and yeah. I wish we saw more of things like that. I do feel like the film started to derail in the middle section, as it was one of Marvel's shorter films, as you do know. Uh, yeah. I feel like they kind of did things maybe the story didn't need to happen. Yeah. Yep. But very threatening villain, and uh, I'd say it's an average Marvel film. We kind of know what to expect yeah. going in nowadays. A good old 7 out of 10. Yeah, it was. It's very hard for Marvel to make a bad film, unless you're Eternals. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, I still haven't probably even, watched Eternals yet. Well, Eternals to me had a lot of things going for it. It was a new story, and they tried new things, but you know, maybe it just didn't pay off in the end for mm. regular viewers and, and all of that sort of I thing. I still love the irony of the recent Oscar winner for best director directing the worst Marvel film. Yeah, it's very interesting. Uh, whether that's studio involvement or just, you know... Just things that couldn't really a downfall. fit. Yeah, I mean, even... I was surprised of the quality of Thor Love and Thunder to Ragnarok and all of Taika Waititi's other films. I mean, it's a completely different uh, experience to his other films. It seemed a bit kind of shallow compared to his other films yeah, so it was probably going a bit too silly like i love Corp yeah. a lot but he's better in like kind of smaller doses yeah i would definitely agree with that not to the extent that the minions need to be in smaller doses but hmm. we need more of the minions <laughs> we, just, well, we... let's just bring out a minions film every two years yeah and we'll have guys in suits ready to <laughs> post it on tiktok Oh, never stop that trend. I love it. Did you get Did you see the... they banned it? They banned oh. the suits in England and America? So Dude, if you were sucks. going in with a suit, you wouldn't be allowed in. Did you get any of that at your cinema? The one you work at? I didn't, but I did get someone come in as a banana. Dressed as a banana, or as in the, the bananas in the pajamas. And I was walking past them and I said, please tell me you're here to see Minions. And they said, what else would we be here to see? <laughs> Dude, I respect that. I respect that a lot. Just Jack McDonald's moment of, yeah. you know why I'm here. Yeah. So I thought that was very cool. That was an interesting experience yeah. for me. But I didn't see or witness any suits for Minions, The Rise of yeah. Gru. Yeah. But... We were talking about Marvel before. Let's talk about some more. Comic-Con happened as well. Oh, a beautiful, beautiful display of what Marvel is doing and can do. Now, I'm a lot more hopeful for this Marvel lineup uh, for Phase 5, I think we're going into now. 
because this at the moment is very a weird transition from the original OG Avengers to this new school of Avengers. Yeah, well, we're going into uh, the multiverse saga instead of the Infinity Saga. They've announced that the this whole saga will be based around the multiverse. Uh, should we just quickly run off the first couple announcements for the Phase 5? Yeah. Yep, so uh, I believe first up, we have Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantum Mania coming out February 17th, 2023? Yep. yep. And then Secret Invasion, starring Samuel L. Jackson and Amelia Clark coming out... Spring 2023, I believe. And then after that, we've got Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 3, which will be uh, James Gunn's last Marvel film, and maybe the end of the Guardians of the Galaxy as we know it. Yeah, who knows? Yep, but there's trailer leaks out there if anyone wants to journey to the deep web to witness those. Yeah, Uh, I saw the leaked Ant-Man Yep, it did look very interesting. Uh, as mm. we know, Kang is going to be an Ant-Man as well, so and I'm Bill really Murray. excited for that. Oh, love a bit of Bill Murray. But we've also got Echo coming out later in the year, and Loki Season 2. Now, Echo, as you know, is uh, the character, the deaf character that showed up in Hawkeye, who also has a few relations to Daredevil, which is mm. very interesting. And speaking of Daredevil, She-Hulk got a new trailer. With, yes, yes. Which with Daredevil up, in it. With Daredevil at the very last shot. Not only was he in costume, but a red and yellow costume, mm. similar to his original costume from the comics, which was very interesting. And also more Wong. Yes, love a bit of Wong, but mainly I'm excited for more Abomination with, yeah. with some Neil Blomsky. I'm really excited to see what they do with him and his new comic book look. Now, that's really cool. And then after Loki Season 2, we've got The Marvels, which is really exciting. I haven't watched watched Miss Marvel yet. That's the only Marvel thing that I haven't watched yet. So, I'm going to have to start watching that during my quarantine. Yeah, there's a lot I need to catch up on. Like, I haven't caught up yet on Loki. Don't hit me. Yeah, Loki was a good show. I'm not a Loki stan, but I was uh, very much so enjoying that show. I think they did really well with that show. That's probably one of the standouts of Disney Plus uh, yeah. for the Marvel shows. I feel like I could miss out on Hawkeye and not really well, get too I, much from it. I genuinely feel like Hawkeye and Loki were my two favorites uh, other than WandaVision. Mm. Uh, because I feel like out of all of them, those were probably the ones that I got the most enjoyment out of. Plus, I uh, just have a ginormous crush on Haley Steinfeld, so... <laughs> You know. I, I definitely enjoyed Moon Knight the most. Oh, yeah. Moon Knight was good. That was yeah. very interesting. But let's get back onto topic. We got yep. still a lot to talk about with Comic-Con. That's true. Next up, we have Blade, my personal favorite of what I'm looking forward to in Phase 5. Uh, I'm a big sucker for Blade. And Mahershala Ali. Oh, amazing casting. Yeah. Yep. And from the rumors that I've heard about, uh, might be also said a bit in the past in New Orleans, which is just, oh. I love seeing New Orleans and TV shows and films. So yeah. I'm excited for that. 
And then next up, we have Ironheart. So we've got a new Iron Man or Iron Woman, shall I say. Uh, with Riri Williams showing up a Black Panther Wakanda Forever. And then in her own show, Ironheart. So that's pretty exciting. And then a show that I was kind of struck in the head and very surprised by. We've got Agatha Coven of Chaos. So Agatha Harkness from WandaVision. How did you I, feel about that announcement? I, I probably will just... I'll have to see more of it, but I quite enjoyed Catherine Hahn as Agatha, so... Yeah, that's fair enough. Personally, I just felt like, why are they making this? This kind of doesn't really feel like something that needs to be made. But, you know, maybe I'll be surprised, because yeah. I wasn't really excited for, say, Shang-Chi, but I did enjoy that film, so... Yeah, we'll see how that goes. And Daredevil bored again. That, now this is probably the show I'm most excited for in Phase 5. As you know, Charlie Cox and Vincent D'Onofrio are returning to play their respective characters of Daredevil and Kingpin. Ooh. And eight, the first Marvel show with an 18-episode season as well. So oh my god. Will they do the weekly show or maybe they'll release it all at once who knows 18 weeks of a show just seems like something disney may not do Mm. and then next up we had captain america new world order uh first film starring sam wilson as the new captain america that's pretty exciting to me Uh, I did enjoy Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Uh, I think it wasn't the best it could have been, but it was great to see the last episode, Sam in his new Captain America suit. That was really exciting. Yeah, I actually quite like the suit. The white is really good, and it very much so Mm. differentiates from the previous Captain America as well. Yeah. Mm. And ending Phase 4 off is Thunderbolt, sort of like their version of the Suicide Squad. Yeah, I'm really excited for that. I'm just worried that we don't have enough anti-heroes in Marvel so far. Hmm. Maybe with all this quantum stuff, maybe we'll finally get the Merc with the mouth. Yes, that would very much so be something I'm excited for. And as you know, they've actually announced three films for Phase 6 as well. Yeah. Uh, Starting off with... The movie I'm most excited for in Phase 6 was Fantastic Four. Uh, mm. We have no casting announcements or director announcements yet. Yeah, because from what Watson I've heard... dropped out. Yeah, that could have been interesting, but I think he just needed a break. That's fair enough. I mean, you do enough Marvel movies, you probably get crushed by the weight of that. And, yeah, I mean, I, I mean... After doing three Spider-Man films over the last five or so years, it I'm sure it gets a bit tiring. Yeah. But there was actually one movie with the director, Avengers The Kang Dynasty. Yes, very interesting choice of director for me too. Daniel Dustin Cretton, who did what famous Marvel film, Duncan? Shang-Chi. Yep. Now... How do you feel about that choice of director? I think it's good. You know, I think if he gets a bit more creative direction, the action, and it could be like a really well done film because I thought the action in Shang-Chi was excellent. It was. 
Very much so. I just worry that it won't have the charm and uh, character-driven narratives that uh, pushed forward Avengers Infinity War and Endgame with uh, the Russo brothers. So, but, we'll see know, how that goes. Very early days, we'll see how things go in... Uh, what's the... The what last film? Oh, uh, uh, May 2nd, 2025. Yeah, we've got a bit of time. Yeah, and what else is interesting about the Avengers films is that there's actually a second one coming out in the same year with only six months uh, apart on that. With the... No, five months even. With November 2nd, 2025, Avengers Secret Wars. How do you feel about the Secret Wars title? Do you think they'll do Secret Wars from the comics, perhaps? I think they will. Maybe bring in Doctor Doom. That would be very cool. And, you know, maybe even having the battle world with uh, the multiversal characters. It's proved that we were able to do it with Spider-Man in No Way Home. We had Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield come back. Maybe they're also able to bring back some old characters, like the old Fantastic Four. And we killed off some some characters as well. (laughs) Yes, and and Doctor Strange. So maybe we'll get some of the X-Men back. Mm. Who would be, like, your dream casting for Doctor Doom? Now, I've heard a few good ones. I've heard... It's. I love the joke that everyone likes to cast Giancarlo Esposito as p- someone nowadays, but I feel like he would genuinely be a good Doctor Doom since he's I so see- threatening. Or you could do a nice Giancarlo and put him as Professor X. Yeah, no, that would be really cool as well. Um, but honestly, someone I would like to see as uh, Dr. Doom, uh, correct me if I'm wrong on this uh, little opinion, but I'd love to see Mads Mikkelsen as Dr. Doom. That could be really good. I feel like he's quite threatening, and he's got that looming figure that uh, could be really effective. I mean, another guy I thought of, very threatening role he's known for, not sure if he has to speak with an American accent or native accent. Anthony Starr, Homelander. Ah, that would be very cool. That would be really, really cool. Although, I don't know if you've heard, but there's rumors he may be showing up in another Marvel project recently. Mm, really? Yes, he might be showing up as Dracula in Blade. There's a little hot scoop for you. Hmm. Hmm. And... I also thought about my dream castings for Professor X and Magneto. I could think yep. Mark Strong as Professor X. Okay, that's a good and choice. Christoph Waltz as Magneto. That would be really effective. That would be very cool. Ooh. But I think we got more Comic-Con stuff. There was a lot. DC, only two things. Very, very interesting since so much is supposed to be coming out from them. Yeah. Would you like I think to they've... talk about DC and what they've yeah. announced? Firstly, I think they've been on a pretty good run lately. Shazam, I yep. guess the Snyder Cut, the Suicide Squad and Peacemaker. Yep, they've been quite... They've been really standing up uh, with everyone, you know, kind of giving them the backhand and saying they haven't been doing enough recently. But I think that they've really kind of 
proved us wrong in what they're able to create with all of those awesome projects that they've worked on. I just hope that they can push forward through everything, even yeah, with the controversies. Crossed. Yeah, because just recently, there's been a lot of controversy surrounding how uh, like Snyder Cut won something in the Oscars because it was a fan vote thing and there were like a lot of bots, bot yep. accounts from Twitter. Yeah, very exactly. Snyderverse. Snyder, yep. And there's also more uh, issues with DC that DC can't control. And I was questioning the flash-shaped hole during the Comic-Con panels because yeah, the flash cause... isn't supposed to come out in too long. Yeah, because at the very least, they should have brought out the, the director and maybe a few of the non-Ezra Miller actors like to at least have a talk about things. But no, they focus entirely on Black Adam and Shazam. Which, I mean, I'm actually pretty excited for Black Adam. I'm surprised yeah. we didn't hear The Rock talk more about the hierarchy of the power in the DC Universe. <laughs> yeah, but, but you know, it's, he's a rock. He's going to be instantly charming if he's playing a like, threatening guy because you can only That's see him true. as The Rock. It is The Rock. Dwayne Johnson. Yeah, but uh, it's there were rumors of Henry Cavill coming back and talking about a Superman project, but people are now questioning whether that was just wrong or whether maybe because he got COVID, he wasn't actually able to show up because they've also had to halt filming for The Witcher Season 3 because yeah, he's got yeah. COVID again. Ugh, it sucks to be anyone filming in the industry right now like it does Robert pattinson had filming for the batman a few mm -hmm. others have had it that i can't remember well henry cavill also had covid during season two of the witcher i'm pretty sure <laughs> oh, so poor he's guy. just gotten it again him and i just know when to get covid you know yeah yep twice we're in the twice covid gang very exciting <laughs> what do you think of shazam as well also, I only watched that trailer today. I mean, the Shazam's not something I'm super excited for. I'm going to watch it regardless. Uh, I have a bit of faith in the director. Yeah. Uh, the first movie was quite charming. I hope the second movie can pull that off and it doesn't crumble mm. under the weight of its talented uh, actors that it's got and uh, mm. its ambitions. I hope it really stays yeah. close to what made the first movie so entertaining. I am excited to see Helen Mirren and Lucy Liu as the villains. Yeah, very excited about that. Now, another thing that happened that you wanted to talk about was the trailer for John Wick Chapter 4. Talk to us a bit about that. I'm a big John Wick fan, and John Wick Chapter 4 just filled my fantasies. Firstly, more gun-fu and John yep. Wick action. Yep. Secondly, the cast looks really good. Yep. So, it has Keanu, of course, uh... Lance Reddick, oh, I forgot the name of the the head of the Continental. I'll have to Google it. Yep. But I mean, the action looked awesome in this new one. It's Ian McShane. Ian McShane. Yep. Lawrence Fishburne's returning. Yep. It's very exciting. I mean, John Wick is probably one of my favorite action films. Yeah. Uh, John Wick Two 
really knocked it out of the park for me. I enjoyed that more than the first film. And I felt like John Wick 3 wasn't, personally, I didn't love it as much as the second, but it still was really amazing. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, I'm really excited to see where this goes. I mean, John Wick, you can't really go wrong with it. It's really well mm. written, really entertaining. Re- and really he's just well this- filmed action. Yeah, and he's just this giant looming threat that everyone's scared of. Sometimes that's yeah. the most interesting to me. I found the rest of the cast. Clancy Brown. Oh, perfect. Scott Atkins. Yep. Bill Skarsgård. Awesome. Hiroyuki Sonata. Mm-hmm. And Donnie Yen. Donnie Yen, perfect. Yeah, you get one of the best swordsman Hiroki Sonata from Last Samurai and Mortal Kombat and you got Donnie Yen whose martial arts ability needs no introduction yep and he actually does uh choreography for some films as well I'm pretty sure Mm. he's one with the force and the force is with him yeah he sure (laughs) is he sure is I wonder if they're still making that Sleeping Dogs movie who knows I haven't thought about Sleeping Dogs in so long me neither. And also, John Wick's fighting with nunchucks. Oh, awesome. I cannot wait. Yeah. Another thing we also forgot to talk about earlier in Marvel, Black Panther. Oh, yes. Wakanda Forever, the new film. Who do you think is going to be the new Black Panther, Duncan? Because they're going to this multiverse, I think it'll be like multiverse uh, Killmonger, who's a good guy, gets transported Maybe. into this universe maybe sure he'll go into the astral plane and bring him back somehow uh it's very mm. interesting i feel like killmonger would be a great choice uh there is a bit of controversy around the actress who plays shuri but even mbaku from the first movie i found Ooh. uh to be a really interesting character and i M'Baku, hope they Akoye. do some more with him yep and the uh, person played by Lupita Nyong'o, forgot her name. Yes. Nakia. Yep. Nakia. That's the one. Uh, I feel like Shuri may, may have to go through a giant character arc to get to the point of being worthy of being a Black Panther. At least in my eyes. I feel like she was quite childish and didn't really have the uh, character to be the new Black Panther in the previous films, but... I would like to see what they do with it. And uh, the introduction of Namor really makes mm. this movie quite exciting. I wasn't excited for this film after the sad events of Chadwick's passing, but I really hope that they can do something special with this film. Yeah, I think the film looks way more epic as well. Like it, The visual effects look much better than the first film. and yeah, I mean, Everything it really reminded me of an Avatar sort of a film. funny enough, is releasing a month prior to Avatar Way of the Water. Oh, wow. I didn't even think about the connections of At the At this water. rate, Disney is just combating com- with itself. It's just got so much. <laughs> exactly. It's just director versus director now, no, yeah. not studio versus studio. It's Coogler versus Cameron, who will win. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, maybe the underdog Kugler will get it this time. Yeah. And then what was the last film you wanted to uh, talk about, Duncan? Dungeons and Dragons Honor Among Thieves. Which I just watched the trailer for right before this podcast. And uh, I must say, considering it's a technically a game, 
based off a game for a film. This looked really interesting. Yeah, I'm quite a big fan of the cast. It's got Chris Pine, Michelle Rodriguez, Reggie John Page from Bridgerton, uh, Justice Smith, the yep. whiny guy from Jurassic World 2. Yep, and he's also in Detective Pikachu. And Sophia Lillis, who played Beverly in the It movies. I'm really excited for that. Yeah. And I, I've played D- D&D a couple times before, and so I understand a lot of these things pretty well. So I was just like, oh. And I was like, oh, yeah, it's a lot like a D&D campaign. Yeah, I'm really excited uh, to see it. I've always wanted to play D&D. My roommates that I stay with play D&D, and I've been begging them to let me in on their next campaign because I've always wanted to try it. So I would mm-hmm. love to uh, see this film and maybe I'll have a better understanding of what yeah. I'm heading into when I play it. Yeah, you'll you'll have fun. This is coming from uh, Dragonborn Ranger. Yep. This, I have no idea what that means, but I'm really excited to figure it out. I must yeah, admit. We'll have fun figuring it out or not. That's up to you. <laughs> but no, I think it looks good. It's gone for a very comedic adventure tone. Yeah, I mean... Which I think the... suits it so well because D&D, naturally, it's going to be a little silly and you don't take things 100% seriously. So, especially yeah. with the other party members who will do some weird stuff, so... I mean, it looks really cool because, I mean, even the effects of the film and the the cinematography looked mm. really interesting. That just the the music in the trailer it just had a lot of style and it looked really exciting. Yeah, yeah. yeah so I'm really excited for that. And uh, should we go into our next segment of uh, what we've been watching or playing and reading? And yeah. uh, we'll we'll trade ideas and we'll come back in the next uh, episode and we'll talk about what we've recommended to each other. Okay, so what do you recommend? Now, something I've recommended to you that uh, I want you to accomplish or play uh, since me recommending it to you is I'd like to recommend to you The Quarry, the new game by Supermassive Games, who made games such as Until Dawn and the Dark Pictures Anthology. Uh, I've started playing The Quarry. I'm about, I'd say, three hours in so far, and it's starting to ramp up and get a little scarier. And, uh, I mean, it's got Justice Smith in it that Uh, we were just talking about. I think it's got exactly. Brenda Song from Sweet Life. Yes, it does. And um, David Arquette from the yeah. Scream movies. Ted uh, Raimi. Brother of Sam. Yep. It's uh, it's a very well-paced game. It's got a good story so far, and the visuals are a lot better than the Dark Pictures anthology, I must admit. Uh, but this obviously has a larger budget and a uh, bigger cast. But um, so far... Very scary. Uh, more gameplay elements that make this game a little more interesting than the last few games. Uh, they've got a new evidence feature where at the end of the game you have to essentially prove your innocence to the authorities, I'm assuming. Ooh. Uh, because they're not going to believe that people have just been dying and uh, there's no cause, whether it be supernatural or etc. Um, as other supermassive games go. I won't spoil that for you. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you have to try that out. That's my recommendation to you. 
mm-hmm. and we'll talk about that on the next segment. Do you have anything you'd like to recommend to me for it's me another to watch, game. listen to, or play? Yep. It's on Game Pass. Power Wash Simulator. Oh, what's that about, Duncan? Do you so want to discuss you that for me? pretty much have a Karcher pressure hose and yep. you just pressure hose stuff. Really? So stuff like cars, bikes, houses, playgrounds. Wow. What an it, interesting recommendation. Yeah, it's a good chill out game. Like, yeah, it sounds so silly, but it's sitting at really good reviews on Steam. It's overwhelmingly positive. It looks very interesting. I'm actually looking at it now. I mean, and, the art style looks really cool. Yeah, it's just a pleasant, fun game, and you can play in co op as well. That's good to know that I've given you a game to give you nightmares and you've given me a nice chill-out game. Yeah, when I get nightmares off, I can just play Power Wash Simulator with you. Exactly. We'll play a bit of Power Wash and we'll do some online co-op and we'll just Power yeah. Wash some some uh, vehicles and some scenery after getting our socks rocked off from being scared. Yeah, I'm currently in, uh, cleaning a playground. <laughs> Beautiful. Now, uh, we'll, we'll, on the next show, we'll have to talk about what we've been washing, washing away the sins of the quarry and uh, washing some playgrounds. We'll have to discuss what we think of each other's recommendations in the next show. Yeah, but, you know, I think it's been a good first episode despite all the stuff preventing us from being back in the studio. Oh, I cannot wait to be back in the studio next week. Yeah, and, and in a way, our good friend Connor Chazelle... Yes, it will be very exciting for the Amigos to be yeah. back together again. But, you know, th- but thank you guys so much for coming in and listening to us. We hope yes, you had fun you so times. Much. It was a great show. A uh, nice little pilot considering the COVID debacles that we're running into again. Yeah, but, you know, what else are you going to do? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now, thank you for listening to Screen Sound. This is the new podcast with Duncan Towner and Ryan Parker. On the Phoenix Radio podcast Spotify page. Thank you. I think. We'll <laughs> listen to you. Oh, well, you'll listen to us next time on Screen right. Sound. <laughs>